This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The conclusion of the Tier Buster series is this evening with the 2022 wide receiver tiers. If you have missed any of the three previous episodes, please make sure to check them out. The 2022 quarterback tiers, the 2022 tight end tiers, and most recently the 2022 running back tiers. Tonight, I we will round out the Tier Buster series with the deepest of the skill positions this year, which is the wide receiver group. All four of these tier buster shows have a lot of value and merit for the rest of the pre-draft process. Obviously, there will be plenty of movement. I talked about on the beginning of the running back show, there was already movement in my quarterback tiers and my tight end tiers. Uh, you know, since I recorded the running back one, there has not been any movement yet in the running back tiers, but I'm sure it's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, but right now, my focus has been on the wide receivers over the last couple of days to kind of get them in these tiers for their their initial tiers for right now, uh, prior to the combine, prior to pro days, and prior to some more film eval that will obviously happen over the coming months for me as well. Uh, since it's such a deep position, let's jump right into it. Let's start with what breaks makes up a tier one wide receiver for us. Remember, these tiers are designated for just us here at Saturday, Sunday. We created them, morphing together our film evaluations, our, the dra- draft projection of these prospects, and a fantasy dynasty projection as well to kind of morph these unique tiers to exclusively here at Saturday to Sunday. So tier one wide receivers, what we consider makes up tier one wide receivers. For here, for us at Saturday Sunday, we look at it as a guy who is a potential first round selection in the NFL draft, should be immediate starter at the next level in two or three wide receiver sets. We think these guys are ticketed to be a round one rookie pick in dynasty rookie drafts. Obviously, if there's a lot of wide receivers taken in round one and it's super flex with a lot of quarterbacks, some of these guys could for sure be pushed into the top of round two. But we think these guys warrant consideration. If you're warrant, if you're being taken in round one of the NFL draft, you should be in strong, strong consideration to be taken round one in your dynasty rookie drafts as well. So who makes up my tier one? And unlike the running back tiers, which I had three guys in it, but I can make the case that really could be none, you know, because I don't think any of them truly deserve it. Round one consideration. I think all of them are early to mid round two. Not the case at the wide receiver position. Uh, here I have six guys in it, and potentially it could have been as deep as eight if things were slightly different. Uh, so for me, my tier one consists of Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. Drake London out of USC, the injured Jameson Williams out of Alabama, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. All six of these guys, I think, come off the board round one. I think Garrett Wilson sits at the top of my rankings right now because I think he's the best combination of athleticism, route running, uh, in terms of the type of receiver he is. I think his separation quickness as athleticism is rot running stand out the most. I think he reminds me so much of Calvin Ridley. We were huge fans of Calvin Ridley here at Saturday to Sunday. We were higher on him than DJ Moore that year. Uh, 
So for me, Garrett Wilson is at the top of this tier, but right below him is Traylon Burks. And Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, if basically you want to try to think of who Traylon Burks is coming out of college, coming out of college, he's A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown fell to the second round. You know, when the Titans drafted him, Traylon Burks will not. But in terms of what type of player he is, that is who uh, Traylon Burks is. At Arkansas, they used him a lot as a big slot. And he used his strength and play strength and physicality and toughness in his routes after the catch, bulldozing people over, picking up tons of yards after the catch based on his strength and physicality. Uh, I think his athleticism is good. I don't think he's a burner. I don't think that's his game. I think he... You know, think Juju Smith, think A.J. Brown, think Hakeem Nix. When Hakeem Nix, uh, you know, was at his peak for the New York football Giants prior to injuries derailing his career. I think that's who Traylon Burks is. I'm not saying he's only ticketed for the slot. I think he's going to be a guy who's very versatile. He can be a big slot at times, but he can easily be a good receiver on the outside as well. So I think somewhere in that Hakeem Nix to Juju Smith-Schuster to A.J. Brown, I think that's the type of player we're talking about. Uh, with Traylon Burks, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. If Garrett Wilson is the best route runner in the class, Chris Olave is not that far behind him. One of the better route runners in the class, but he got the speed and and acceleration to be a big play weapon down the field as well. Olave is the guy many people thought were going to come out last year. He didn't come out last year. He went back to school. He's still ticketed for round one. Uh, you know, Terry McLaurin, part Will Fuller. Like, there's a lot to his game. He can get vertical like a Will Fuller. I think he's got the route running chops of a guy like Terry McLaurin. Uh, so there's a lot to like about Chris Olave, uh, you know, in that tier one as well for me. Drake London at a USC. The only questions about him is his ability to separate at the next level, but we know he's got great size for the position. He's got a my ball mentality. He wins at the catch point, great play strength, great physicality for a man, his size, he's got quick feet. He can make things happen after the catch. Uh, there's some Brandon Marshall comps out there. You know, I, I could totally see that, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be a guy who struggles because of his size and his separation ability like uh, Nikhil Harry. I like Drake London way more than I like Nikhil Harry. I was not a big Nikhil Harry fan. I had a lot of concerns about him translating when everybody had him at number one. I had him at like number six or seven that draft class. Uh, I do think there's, it's a legitimate question with Drake London, but I just think what we saw him and his ability to do, I understand he just dominated based on his physical talents and there's more to that at the next level. But I think his feet, footwork and his route running ability is understanding the route concepts. And you combine that with the athletic ability, you combine that with the talent, the ball, the, the body control, the ability to win at the catch point, the play strength, the physicality. I think he's going to be a really good player at the next level, but of the guys at the top, if you're going to say who's the one that has the most one thing about them that is that leaves you at least a little bit concerned, it would be the separation ability of a guy like Drake London. But I think the positives totally outweigh that one concern that might exist out there. I think Drake London, similar to how I like T. Higgins, I don't pigeonhole everybody and say you can separate. I don't think you can be good at the next level. I love T. Higgins coming out. I I said I don't think T. Higgins is going to be the next Laquan Treadwell or Nikhil Harry, and I know some people had legitimate concerns about that. I think Drake London is going to be a, a factor at the next level. I think he warrants going in round one. I think I expect him to come off the board with the first 20 picks. Next up for me is the injured Jamison Williams. I still think he deserves to go in the 20 to 32 range. If he, 
it's such a great deep class that if somebody didn't pull the trigger in round one and and somebody got a steal in the top of round two, I, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think he should go in the top 15 anymore. I don't understand that's where all the, the word was that he was ticketed for, maybe top 10. Uh, I think it's too strong of a draft class at the wide receiver position with Wilson, Burks, Olave, and London. It's hard to see a team taking Jamison Williams ahead of any of those four guys, in my opinion. Maybe somebody falls in love with him. Maybe they're deep at wide receiver. Maybe they're looking more long term in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, long long term planning. But I think those other guys are so talented as well that it would be hard to pass on them for Jamison Williams, knowing this first year is a complete, you know, most likely a complete uh, red shirt year. Obviously. Who knows now, right? Cam Akers came back from a torn Achilles, so I'm not gonna say anything. I'm not gonna say anything's off the table in terms of guys coming back from injuries. And then Jahan Dotson, I think, is another guy who's gonna go late, somewhere in that late round one mix. We circled Darius Tony go there last year. You know, teams want electric playmakers. Teams want guys who can get vertical. Jahan Dotson is a guy who can win vertically down the field out of the slot. He can make things happen after the catch. Explosive, explosive player. Uh, Dotson is a guy who everybody wants explosive offensive playmakers nowadays. Teams need them. It changes the whole dynamic of how defenses have to cover guys and play defense. Jahan Dotson, I think, is going round one with that explosiveness, that speed, that big playmaking ability. So that's my tier one, and I love that tier. Do I think anybody uh, is warrants going in the top five or top ten? Probably not. I can see the Jets maybe a ten pulling the trigger on a wide receiver. Uh, but I think from like that 10 to 32 range, all six of those guys should come off the board. And to be honest with you, if seven or eight did, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think that'll happen. I think it's too strong of a class at with offensive linemen and edge rushers. And you're going to still have three, <coughs> excuse me, you're still going to have three or four quarterbacks come off the board. So I don't think you're going to see seven or eight wide receivers go, but I do think there's at least two more, maybe three who warrant consideration to go that high. So I think that, is something that is going to be really intriguing to kind of see how that plays out. If we take this to my tier two in terms of what makes up my tier two, that would consist of a guy who we think is a locked in round two selection or round three and more like the early portion, early to mid portion of round three. So this is a day two wide receiver round two to early to mid round three We think they should become a starter during their rookie season or definitely by year two. We think they are complementary wide receiver that should get immediate snaps in three wide receiver sets and potentially be locked in to become a starter by the, like I said, by the end of their rookie season or by year two. In terms of rookie drafts, we're talking late round one to late round two dynasty rookie picks, depending on landing spot or, you know, the depth of the class, et cetera, et cetera. So in my tier two, I absolutely love this tier as well. It starts out with the other injured Alabama receiver. That's John Mechie out of Alabama. I think he easily, easily could have been in tier one, may have been in tier one if it was for no injury. Next up for me, it is Wendell Robinson out of Kentucky. I just talked about how much I love Jahan Dotson and the explosive playmaking ability. That's why I love Wendell Robinson. He transferred from Nebraska, focused on being a receiver, but he's more than a receiver. He's an offensive playmaker, a dynamic offensive weapon with the ball in his hands. He makes plays happen. He can get vertical. He can win in a variety of ways. 
He is that offensive chess piece that every NFL team wants. I could totally see him going higher than a lot of people think he could. If Kadarius Tony pushed his way into the round one last year, Wendell Robinson would be my my call if I was going to say, who do you think right now is going to go day two? but it could push their way and be a surprise round one pick. That would be Wendell Robinson for me. I doubt he goes in round one based on the, the depth of this class and the guys I talked about in my tier one, but Wendell Robinson would not surprise me if a team falls in love with him and they're looking for a particular type of receiver. Next up in this tier is George Pickens out of Georgia. If he never gets injured and he plays up to the level that I think he's capable of, I think you can make the case he's third or fourth on this list. That's how much I love George Pickens. I think he's one of the few in this class, traditional outside X receivers in terms of winning vertically down the field, his athletic ability, his speed, his acceleration, his body control, his ability to high point and go up and get it. I love everything about George Pickens. If he had a clean year and played the whole year and dominated as I think he would have, I think George Pickens would be not just in tier one, he'd be significantly into the, in the middle of tier one with a potential to be one of the first wide receivers taken in this class. That's how much talent I think George Pickens possesses. I think he has as much talent, raw talent as any wide receiver potentially in this draft class. Next up is David Bell out of Purdue. All he's done is put up monster statistics over the last couple of years. I talked about him a lot this year that I thought draft Twitter maybe had him a little bit too high over in the preseason uh, before the year started in the early portion of the year. I think the NFL likes him. I think they're going to like him as a day two pick. I think they're going to like him as a mid round two or late round two or early round three guy. And I think there's a lot to like about David Bell's game. He, he can do a little bit of everything. He's great ball skills. Uh, Good route runner, so much to like about him. I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ticketed for round one. I think he's more of a, day, a round two type guy. Uh, but I do think the NFL likes him, just maybe not as much as what the draft Twitter community liked him in terms of the last couple of years while he was dominating at Purdue. Uh, Justin Ross out of Clemson, he's another guy. A couple of years ago, it, it would be mind boggling when he was a freshman. It would have been mind boggling to think Justin Ross was not going to be a first round pick, not going to be a top 10 guy. I, I think, you know, to me, when they were at their peak, he was more talented than T. Higgins. And I think natural talent, he is more talented than T. Higgins, but it has not been a smooth sailing ride over the last couple of years. He had the neck injury. Obviously, that's serious. So I, I think it's very unknown in terms of draft capital in terms of what the NFL team, is he fully cleared? Is there any long-term concerns about that neck? And I think that's something that could really alter his draft stock. But I do think he warrants to go probably round three at this point, maybe you know late round two, but I think we're, we're, we're kind of talking about a lot of receivers already. So I think he's probably taking it for maybe round three, but I think so much of the medicals will dictate whether he goes on day two, does he fall to day three? I think the medicals will be a lot, but I think at his peak, he warrants going on day two. He's got the the package Similar to, like I said, of T. Higgins. Is there some separation concerns? Sure, maybe. But I think he's got the athleticism, the ball skills, the body control to be another outside X wide receiver and win in a variety of ways down the field. Similar to what I was talking about, George Pickens. Uh, next up is a trio of smaller school pl- prospects, and that is Jalen, Turbert, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan, and Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Sky Moore, underclassmen, Tolbert, and Watson were at the Senior Bowl. If Christian Watson runs a 4-4, he probably is going to move up this list. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get taken ahead of Justin Ross. I wouldn't be surprised to even maybe get him see – wouldn't even be surprised if he somehow goes ahead of a guy like David Bell 
or George Pickens if a team falls in love with that. If he runs 4-4 at his size, we know he put up monster production. It's hard. When you watch Christian Watson on film, he's always running wide open, and I get it. Is that him? Is it you know just poor defenses? He just looked like totally out of place in terms of in terms of the level of opponents he was playing against. But there's not a lot not to like about Christian Watson. The ball skills, I mean, they do things like they were getting him the ball on end of rounds, jet sweeps, just to get him the ball in the hands because of how much of a dynamic playmaker he is. And I'm not sure an offensive, I'm not sure an NFL team is going to use him in that way. A big wide receiver who can get vertical, I think that's going to be his calling card at the next level. But there's a lot to like about his game. I can see him going late round two. I can see him going early round three. Same thing with Jalen Tolbert. Same thing with Sky Moore. I think those guys are all taking it for somewhere late round two to early to mid round three. Tolbert is another guy. Great body control. Great ball skills. Can win vertically down the field. Uh, could could add a little bit more to his frame. I think that would be beneficial to him. Even Christian Watson, I could say the same thing about. Uh, Sky Moore, just watched him this week. Uh, he'll be in the, the Scotty Notebook. He, his setup is already in there. It says coming soon. Uh, put in a couple stuff already. Got to finish that profile. But uh, Sky Moore, really, really good route runner. Very smooth. Like the athletic ability. Like the movement skills. Like the, the route running ability. The separation quickness. The... Uh, at the top of his breaks, I just think his footwork is very good. There's a lot to like about Sky Moore and his game. And then right there with him and these, right there with Moore, Tolbert, and Christian Watson is Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. I did a deep dive on him a couple weeks ago. I said I thought he was going to be around three, around four selection. I feel much more comfortable saying that he's going to be around three guy at this point. Really good route runner. Uh, not going to wow you at the combine. I think people might walk away a little disappointed because the 40 time is the time that everyone knows, but I'd be stunned if the change of direction type jills, uh, the three cone and that stuff, it, the shuttle is not unbelievable with Shakir. I think that's where he shines. And I think you see that on film in terms of his route running, in terms of his breaks, in terms of his releases, uh, you know, it's really hard for me to, I think the hardest part of the wide receiver rankings and tiers is kind of ranking for me, Tolbert, Moore, Watson, and Shakir. I think those four guys were very hard based partially on their level of competition, partially based on, you know, what they were asked to do at the next level and the film eval, but all four of those guys to me can be interchanged in any way. And that already takes it to 15 names. And I don't think, I think all of those guys, if they went by the middle of round three would be fair game. And I think most of those guys will come off the board by the early to mid portion of round three. I think we should expect to see a strong presence of wide receivers in round one and a really strong presence in the round two in the first half of round three. If we keep this going and take this to tier three, which is actually my smallest tier at the wide receiver position, probably because my tier two is very large. My tier three, in terms of the breakdown, these are guys who we think are late round three, so they could sneak into the top 100 or so picks, or round four selections in the NFL draft. These players possess at least one starter-level trait, but either have lacked some consistency and execution in certain areas of the game. A key word for this tier is potential. Some development is needed, but they have a lot of upside. Has a chance to develop into a top three wide receiver in an offense in the future. We think these are late round two to late round three dynasty rookie picks. For this tier, for me, four names stood out. Romeo Dobbs out of Nevada, 
who I thought was going to be ahead of those smaller school prospects. But after watching more film, after the senior bowl film, uh, I have him just below those guys, but he would be the guy of any on this list. If he was going to, if there was going to be a guy to make a tear jump, which I'll talk more about later, Dobbs would be that guy. Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis, really small, but explosive, explosive, dynamic offensive weapon, really intrigued by him. Trey Turner out of Virginia tech, really poor quarterback play kind of held down Trey Turner. Uh, I think he's got a lot more upside and he's, he's a guy who hasn't been talked about a lot. And Turner is a guy who at six to 190 pounds, uh, really athletic, a uh, lot of things you can do with him. Good route runner goes up and shows the ability to go up and get it. Good body control, ball skills. Uh, you know, I like his ability to high point the football. Uh, you know, so those are some things that stand out about him as well. Uh, but he's a guy who I think, you know, can get vertical, can win vertically down the field. Not getting talked about a lot, but I've been intrigued by him. That's why I have him in this tier. And then last but not least, I also have Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Another guy who good athlete, good ball skills, can win vertically down the field, can high point the football. I thought he was going to stand out a little bit more when I watched him. I felt like there was a lot of buzz on him and I hadn't really watched him a lot. So when I, when I did uh, get into his film. I was kind of expecting him to stand out a little bit more. I was actually surprised that he didn't wow me as much as what was maybe out there in the draft Twitter world in terms of how much people liked him. I thought he was a good player, but I thought he was more a step below those other guys like Tolbert and Moore and Watson and Shakir. And that's why he's down here in, in tier three for me rather than in that big tier two. So those are the guys that make up my third tier. If we keep this going into tier four, tier four here, uh, decent sized tier. Let me first break down what we consider a tier four wide receiver. Tier four wide receiver, we think they are around five, around six selections in the NFL draft. We think they are role players or specialists. These players will provide depth for a franchise, and they may get a chance at significant snaps should a starter falter or injuries come into play. They could also play in four wide receiver sets consistently uh, somewhat early in their career. We think these could be anywhere from late round three to round five dynasty rookie picks, depending on their landing spot, the depth chart, and the overall talent. Do they fall for other reasons that aren't just based on their evaluation on film guys who make up this tier for me tier four is made up of Dontario Drummond out of Old Miss Vilas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee Bo Melton out of Rutgers Danny Gray out of SMU Kyle Phillips out of UCLA Kevin Austin Jr. out of Notre Dame Charleston Rambo out of Miami Braylon Sanders out of Ole Miss if we're going to talk about the guy who might intrigue me the most in this tier, I think it's Ontario Drummond, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss, 6'1", 220 pounds. Um, he has a thick you know, frame, good play strength. I love the toughness and physicality. He uses that in his routes. He uses that at the catch point. Uh, he's a guy who is not going to make people miss after the catch with like you know jitterbug moves, but he's a guy that has good – yak ability good run after the catch ability he shows his ability to make people miss break tackles so i think he's a guy who will go somewhere on day three uh but he's a good athlete he's tough he's physical we see that you know we see good you know movement skills good athleticism so there's a lot to like about his game and there's a lot of upside there 
uh, interesting to kind of see how he tests at the combine. I don't think he's got good long speed or good 40 time, but I do think he's a guy that uses his uh, toughness, physicality to be a weapon after the catch. And he's got great size at 6'1 and a great frame at 220. Uh, so there's a lot to like about his game. Another guy who I haven't talked much about on air that, you know, got a chance to watch is Kevin Austin Jr. He's 6'2", 215 out of Notre Dame. Um, so he's a guy who, uh, good frame, shows that on the field as well, good play strength, uh, you know, hasn't been a big factor in terms of collegiate production. But he's a guy who's got the size. He's got some intriguing traits that stand out. He's got some ball skills. Uh, so there's some things a, a, about Kevin Austin that I think are intriguing. And I think we're talking, uh, you know, about a guy who in this portion of the wide receiver depth chart is kind of what you're looking for. Some intriguing traits uh, to kind of see, you know, if he can materialize a little bit further here. I mean, we're talking about guys here who are in that round five, round six mix. So, so I think uh, Kevin Austin Jr. is interesting. <clears throat> Ontario Drummond is interesting. I think Bo Melton is another one of those offensive weapons. Do a lot of different things with jet sweeps, uh, part running back, part wide receiver, return specialist. I think Neely Jones has got some of that offensive weapon in his ability as well. Kyle Phillips, you know, from the Shrine Bowl, all he does is get open. Great footwork, great separation quickness, great movement skills, uh, a possession style, slot receiver, think Hunter Renfro type. I mean, if he could have that level of success, he should be going two rounds higher. We've seen what uh, Renfro has been able to do at the next level. Danny Gray, another intriguing player out of SMU. <clears throat> so a handful of wide receivers here that I, I really do think are intriguing. And if it wasn't such a strong class, I could see some of these guys easily being round four guys. I have them ticketed here in tier four for as round five, round six guys. But I think a lot of these guys, you know, their skill set maybe warrants going a little bit earlier, but I think you're kind of expect to see most of these guys come off the board in round five, in round six, some intriguing traits <clears throat> and skills that stand out for these players. And then let's round out tier five, and then we'll talk about some potential tier jumpers in a minute. Uh, in this tier, tier five for us are guys that we consider late round picks. So round seven, UDFA priority free agents, their developmental pick. Uh, you know, they have some intriguing traits to them, but they're going to have to work their way up a depth chart, practice squad. This also, we're talking late round or watch list dynasty rookie picks. Uh, and then also there's some players in here similar to what I mentioned uh, on the last episode with the running backs that I've just had limited exposures to. I know they're going to be at the combine. I like to get their names in here. And then as I get around to them, if, I, if it warrants getting around to them, uh, I can move them and slide them up and down uh, the tiers as needed. So in this tier for me. Consists of Ty Freifogel out of Indiana, Slade Bolden out of Alabama, Johnny Johnson out of Oregon, Taekwon Thornton out of Baylor, Dejon Dixon out of Nickel State, Eric Azuguma out of Texas Tech, Josh Johnson out of Tulsa, Javion Halu out of Coastal Carolina, J.D. Spielman at TCU, Calvin Turner out of Hawaii, Jared Stearns out of Western Kentucky, uh, Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State, Mike Woods out of Oklahoma, and Devon Williams out of Oregon. <clears throat> I think a couple guys in there. Uh, that intrigued me the most, and I'm interested to see how they test the combine. Slade Bolden out of Alabama, Ty Freifogel at Indiana, Johnny Johnson out of 
Oregon, a little further down the list. Calvin Turner out of Hawaii. He was an intriguing name down at the Shrine Bowl. Jared Stearns out of Western Kentucky. The statistics he put up this year are mind-boggling in that Western Kentucky offense. Will not be down at the uh, at the Combine, so we will not see him again until he has a pro day. But he's an intriguing name just based on the collegiate production he put forth. But a lot of these guys... Uh, some of these guys I, I just had limited exposures to. Some of these guys I think are probably taking it for priority free agents. I mean, prior to this tier, there was already 30 names that we had mentioned. I think most years we probably see 30 to 35 wide receivers taken. <clears throat> so I think probably uh, the guys, the 30 or so I mentioned before, I think are locked for being taken. Uh, so my guess is a handful of guys, maybe a little bit more from this tier are probably taken. I think athletic testing or individual traits will go a long way in determining who those guys are from this tier. And there's always some other small school or D2 guys uh, that will jump into the mix, whether it's based on their special teams ability, uh, their return ability, or something that a team falls for uh, under the radar. So there it is, guys, my wide receiver tiers. Uh, if we kind of go through the same way I've been doing at the end of each of these episodes and talk a little bit about guys who I think can make some movement, guys who can jump up and down a little bit. I think here within tier one, I think there could be some movement between, you know, I think Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks are, are locked in at the top for me. Could I see myself flip-flopping them? Maybe if Traylon Burks surprises me a little bit with his athleticism, but I really love Garrett Wilson on tape. I think he's the complete package. But for me, those guys are really a 1A, 1B. And then I think Chris Olave and Drake London and Jameson Williams and Dehan Dotson. I think Olave and Drake London, I think what's interesting about them is I could see myself flip-flopping them. I think most people have Drake London third and Chris Olave fourth. Some people have Drake London two or even one. So I could see myself maybe moving within the tier. I don't think there's any chance that any of these guys fall out of tier one. There could be some movement within the tiers, whether it's flip-flopping Wilson and Burks, whether it's flip-flopping Olave in London. And I could see myself potentially flip-flopping Dotson and Jamison Williams as much as I like Jamison Williams and I really do love him. I was the one when we did a deep dive on here. I remember getting a little bit of pushback from Jeff and Matt that they just weren't ready yet to call him a round one type guy. This was back in like October before he wasn't really being talked about like that. So at the time, you know, he hadn't had the rest of the year that he put forth. Uh, but I remember thinking to myself, I, I love this guy. I think he's going to be another Alabama guy that shoots up the, the draft boards. Uh, but Jahan Dotson's a special player and got a, an explosive uh, talent with him as well. So I could see myself potentially flip-flopping them. So I think tier one <clears throat> movement within this tier is really maybe just flip-flopping. Flip-flopping Wilson or Burks is possible. Flip-flopping Olave in London is possible. Flip-flopping uh, Jameson Williams and Jahan Dotson is possible. That's the kind of movement that I maybe could do by the time my final ranking slash tiers come out uh, later you know, in, in the pre-draft process. So I don't, I don't think any of these guys fall out of tier one. <clears throat> Potentially some movement within the tier. If we go to tier two, I think that's the scenario where I doubt seven wide receivers or eight wide receivers going round one, but I wouldn't be stunned if John Mechie, George Pickens, or Wendell Robinson somehow ended up in round one. Whether seven do go or eight do go or somebody falls out of round one that because something happens, but Mechie, Wendell Robinson, and Pickens would be the guys most likely for me to jump a tier. 
and potentially sneak into the bottom portion there of tier one based on the electrical ability of Wendell Robinson to be like this year's Kendarius Tony, John Mechie. Again, if the medical's checked out, I think that's the hard part with him. <clears throat> But Pickens is the guy who can make a tier jump if the medicals are completely clean because of has, of his really intriguing natural skill set. On the flip side, could anybody fall out of this tier? The guy that I would say I'm most concerned that could fall out would be Justin Ross, and that's strictly a medicals thing for me. If they're concerned, if NFL teams next are the one thing that's very scary for NFL teams, <clears throat> and doctors are very conservative with, if Justin Ross medicals leave some questions he could be the guy that falls out of this tier and maybe slides down even though i'm gonna keep him in this tier because i'm never gonna have privy to that that medical information but in terms of is if there's a guy on this tier who somehow doesn't go in the in the first three rounds i think it could be justin ross because of the medical so i won't move him down my tier because i'm not going to have access to them unless there's a whole bunch of negative reports come out about the medicals prior to the nfl draft but i, I doubt and that information is truly going to come out even if there's some concerns it's not going to be enough to know what teams have them on their board don't have them on their board because i think on phil malone he's clearly a top three player top three round player but uh the medicals might push him down the board if we're talking tier three who can be a jumper into the, the bottom of tier two i w- i talked about him before i think trey turner would be the guy with romeo dobbs or calvin austin calvin austin because of that explosive playmaking ability that speed that after the catch ability a team could just want that i mean think about where we saw uh last year uh, the Rams took the wide receiver out of Louisville, you know, in the in the second round. So I think anything's possible when you're talking about a speed player, an electric playmaker. So I think, you know, could Calvin Austin jump up? Yeah. But in terms of talent, I think Trey Turner or Romeo Dobbs would be the guys on, on talent who I think can maybe make the tier jump up and be taken uh, a little bit higher than, than we think. But I think all of these guys, that's why they're in my tier three. It's late round three to round four. I think any of these guys could sneak in to the end of the round three for sure. Uh, Dobbs uh, and Turner would be the two most intriguing or Austin because of his playmaking ability. I just kind of went through before, but in terms of tier four, who are some guys from tier four who could maybe push their way into the round late round four mix instead of being round five, round six? I think it's Bo Melton for the same reasons I just talked about Calvin Austin. Offensive weapon, do a lot with. I think it's Deterio Drummond out of Ole Miss. I think it's Kevin Austin Jr. out of Notre Dame. Guys who aren't getting the hype that maybe they weren't, and people are going to be a little bit late to the party, but I think those are some guys. Also, Brown Velas Jones Jr. out of Tennessee or Danny Gray out of SMU. And then in terms of that last year, I kind of mentioned it before, Slade Bolden, Johnny Johnson, Ty Freifogel are the guys who I think could maybe sneak into round six, but I think most of those guys ticketed for round seven. Really, really strong wide receiver class. You know, if I was going to start breaking down my film evals on these guys, this podcast would, would be two hours or longer. Uh, but, you know, I want to try to keep these tier buster shows to the 30 to 45 minute mark to kind of be quick hitters, introduce you to my tiers, introduce you to these guys. If you're just kind of making your way over to the, the draft circuit now, getting ready for the combine. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about these guys so much more. I, I mentioned at the top of the third show with the running backs, how I already had movement at the tight end and the quarterbacks. I will kind of 
sprinkle them in a little bit in terms of that after the combine, maybe we'll do an episode, uh, you know, sometime after the combine, it's just a stock report episode. And I kind of share what my rankings and tiers moved a little bit just from the combine and some more filmy Val that I do between now and that episode. And then obviously so many great guests, I'll pick their brain, their thoughts sometimes send me back to the film because I respect their opinion so much. And then obviously pro days come in and just more film becomes available. And then obviously, you know, before the NFL draft, I'll, I'll reveal on air my final rankings, my final tiers. But obviously, if you have the notebooks, you have access to all this in real time. Anytime I make an adjustment, anytime I make a change, you guys have access to it. You literally can just keep it up on your browser and refresh every single day to see if anything is moving and changing on my rankings, on my tiers. If you want access to that real-time changes and information, quickest way to get there, ssfootball.com. Check out the premium content tab, $9.99. You get access to everything. You get the scouting notebook, almost 100 player profiles, in-depth strengths, functional areas, developmental areas and weaknesses, how they win, uh, NFL role, NFL draft projection, fantasy spin, all that stuff, and then... You also get our rankings notebook, all my rankings, all these tiers that I'm talking about, the breakdowns of the tiers. Uh, it'll have my 2022 Dynasty Rookie rankings. It'll have my 2021 Dynasty Rookie rankings still being updated for trade values and and uh, buying and selling in the offseason right now. It'll have, it has the Devi rankings. It has uh, positional overall Dynasty rankings. And then in April, you get the draft projections notebook, tabs for every position, offense and defense, 300 to 400 players in there, snapshot of who they are, uh, how they win, some developmental areas, uh, their combine testing numbers, and all that. Uh, buy tabs for every position, offense and defense, projecting how I expect to come off the board based on everything I'm hearing, not my thoughts, what I'm hearing. And also tabs for the first round, the first three rounds, and, and every pick in the draft trying to project who will come off the board in round one, who will come off the board in the first three rounds, and who will come off the board in all seven rounds. It is a must-have for NFL Draft Weekend. Uh, again, if you've bought it in the past but haven't bought it this year, please, please consider purchasing it again. We really need those sales to continue to, to bring you Saturday to Sunday on a weekly basis like we do. Uh, if you've never purchased it in the past but you've been a long-time listener, please consider purchasing it. And if you have any questions about any of it, please do not hesitate to reach out. For $9.99, it's one time fee you get all those notebooks uh updated consistently from now until draft weekend these have been updated you know since september when when we launched these and just constantly updated edited added to etc etc uh it's not a stale document lots of changes throughout the process here as the draft season uh will roll on for the next couple of months until late april when we have the 2022 nfl draft so on behalf of matt on behalf of Jeff, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano, thank you for joining me, and I look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.